Former Trump campaign official David Bossie joins me to explain how the mainstream media is focusing on Trump because the Democrats can't defend the Biden record. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter show, I'll also discuss the infuriating rise in violent crime that's fueled in part by Democrats banning cash bail. Follow the Sarah Carter show wherever you get your podcasts. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off tart cherry gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. An early morning search at Tellus' home and towing of his car that resembled that of the murder suspect's vehicle provided some indication that Gehrman's reporting might be related to his exposing of public wrongdoing of Tellus in what was called a hostile workplace. Did you do this? Tell us anything? Later, Tellus returned to his home, not answering reporters' questions, which was then followed by police in tactical gear entering Tellus's home and arresting him on charges of suspicion of murder. Review Journal's executive editor Glenn Cook released a statement saying, The arrest of Robert Tellus is at once an enormous relief and an outrage for the Review Journal newsroom. We are relieved Robert Tellus is in custody and outraged that a colleague appears to have been killed for reporting on an elected official. Cook ended the statement by saying, Now, hopefully the Review Journal, the Gearman family, and Jeff's many friends can begin the process of mourning and honoring a great man and a brave reporter. So this is a news report coming out of, well, Clark County. It's like where Vegas is. And, I mean, it's sad all around. This reporter was killed seemingly because... I mean, if we're just to go by, if we're to interpret Kane, if we if we have to interpret the charges and everything else, he was killed because he wrote the story on this guy. Welcome to the show. Dana Lash here with you this Thursday. It's a weird news day. And I, you know, I'm going to get into everything. And I know they have the stuff going on with the queen and all of that. We're, you know, it's always sad when, you know, you have someone who is who is, you know, not doing well, but at the same time, we are Americans and I don't follow the monarchy all like that. You know, I'm not, it's not going to be wall-to-wall coverage, but uh, if anything, you know, happens, I'll let you know. This story sticks out to me as, I mean, because obviously somebody lost their life here and that's significant. We, I, we had this like as a headline in our third hour yesterday of the show, of the Dana show. Which, by the way, you can find our archive podcast and all of that stuff. Your lovable Daria here with you. I'm getting ahead of myself and like going into the show without greeting all of you wonderful listeners across the country. And I just because I when I first saw the photo of this guy and this is this is the the Telus guy. He was the uh, he's an elected official. He's an elected Democrat. He's the county administrator. Dude, he looked like if you were. I'm just gonna. I'm, I do not mean to make light of this, but Kane, you know what I'm saying? Like if you if you were gonna. You know, if you were going to have a guy, if you were casting, let's say, 
you know, a murderer and, you know, you were going to have this guy be the, you know, you would, this is the guy you would cast because he, I mean, he looks apart. Let's be real. So this guy, this Vegas official, this, this reporter, uh, Jeff, is it German or German? German, 69 years old, veteran reporter. He His beat was politics. He covered politics and crime for the Las Vegas Review. He was found dead outside of his home on Saturday morning. He was stabbed to death. Now, all a lot of stuff has happened with this Robert Tellis guy later. He was arrested yesterday, and he's charged with murder. They're, they are He's being accused of stabbing this guy to death. And they searched his house and all of this stuff, and it, it had to do with some recent articles that Jeff... Garman had written on Robert Te- Robert Tellis uh, that Tellis had run a a uh, hostile work environment and that he uh, was apparently engaged in an affair with a subordinate and apparently some of because he was he was bullying he was you know really like a big bully to the employees there and apparently uh, he uh, was videotaped. I don't want to play any of it, but he was videotaped cheating on his wife with said subordinate. And after all of these stories broke, he lost his reelection bid. And now here we are. So he would, I mean, he wouldn't really talk to reporters or anything yesterday, etc. Now, why am I bringing up what would seem like to you a... Uh, you know, lo- local crime story. You know, why would I bring up something like this? Because I think that there's a pattern here. Well, first off, one of the reasons that I, I well, I retweeted it last night. If you follow me on social media, this guy was a big uh, March for Our Lives supporter. He was a big gun control supporter. This Robert Tellis, he was tweeting about gun control and basically saying that if you didn't believe in disarmament, then you, you know, apparently were. Uh, you know, you want it. He was one of those people that was like, if you don't believe in disarmament, then I guess you want people to die. He was one of those guys. So, man, but yet there's more because it's not just him. There was a guy in New Jersey too, another New Jersey Democrat who was who was involved in something similar, and that was back in January. I'm just, you know. If they're not getting arrested for sharing schlong pics with minors, you know, the, Mr. Weiner Kane was his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, A. Weiner, Anthony Weiner. Now, just what are you guys like freaking out about? I'm telling you his name. There's just a. There's just a. I'm just saying. There's a trend here, right? A trend. Now, this I was reading this other story. Is Clark County Public Administrator. So he's been arrested. And all of the other, now all the coworkers that were speaking so quietly before are really coming out and saying, oh my gosh, it's, you know, we have, they always felt that he hated us. And now it's like they feel like they have proof that they, that he did. I just, I just find this wild, especially with all of the language that we've been hearing from the president, everything that we've been hearing from the media. You guys are the nuts, aren't you? Supposed to be, right? That's what I thought. You guys were killers because you didn't want to get your triple injections, whatevers. You guys were crazy. You guys are the terrorists. I mean, I was I was told this reliably from the White House and the well, you know, the the media. They told us that you guys are nuts, that you guys are terrorists because you spoke out 
at school board meetings that you were going to get people killed in the entire time. Well, it wasn't actually you doing the killing. You know, I had a friend who told me yesterday because it was a stabbing. I guys, I swear to you, I'm not. Please do not misunderstand me. I'm trying. I'm not making light of anybody's. It's all horrific. But I do have to say, I had noted that the guy was a major gun control supporter, right? And a friend of mine had said, well, you know, at least he was consistent, I guess, with his action here. Because he stabbed somebody to death. And I followed up with, what happened to the, you know, the sanctity of the free press? Where's everybody? Where's all the left? They accused Donald Trump of going to kill. He's going to kill journalists. They accused me because I called media. And I did call them this. And they are. I called, uh, although German looks like he was one of those rare good reporters, which is probably why I ended up getting killed. Uh, I said that most of the media were rat bastards. And they screamed at me and said I was going to get journalists killed. And this was even after a hardcore Obama fan uh, had killed a reporter live on air. It was a few years ago. And it turns out it's Democrats doing it. I mean, I'm just going to point that out. Now, am I, am I casting aspersions on the entirety of the party? No. But if I were to go by their rules, Kane, yes. yes. Because what's our saying? Dems to rules. That's right. That's right. Hmm. So that's one of the things that we're watching today. The other thing that we're watching, and I will touch on it, because for whatever reason, some of you like this. I get it. Some of you watch what happens with the royal family over across the pond. Do you watch what happens over there? I only get I'm only interested when they fight because I don't know. I'm one of them people that will that'll throw out a, a lawn chair uh, on our front yard and watch a neighbor's fight. This is me. This is how I grew up. I watched all the stuff that led up to, you know, Boris Johnson stepping down and all that. It was kind mm. of interesting. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about Liz Truss. No, I'm not talking about like the people who actually make decisions about government. Although I will say, I didn't know this. Do you know that if something happens with the parliament, like all of the executive order, all of the or executive power rather lies with the monarch? I did not know that. Did you know that? No, so it's like she can make decisions, but not until something. It's very interesting how that's set up. So I because they I think she's I think she's probably they're waiting for her to me if I'm speculating because you're not in the hospital and you're you know at your castle that's way far removed from London although she normally I, they said is up here at this time of year I guess because it's cooler um, it sounds like there's uh, it's it does sound like she's I think maybe perhaps getting ready to pass. I don't, I, I'm, I, you know, you don't want to pull your, you don't want to, you don't want to get ahead of the, this, the, any story like that, but it kind of sounds like it. It sounds like, you know, if she's, she's, she's home and she's not, not, not at the hospital, you know, that's kind of what it sounds like. So this, uh, we're going to keep, we'll watch that story for you and bring you any updates about that. Also, a few other things that we are keeping an eye on. Uh, we got some wokery for you. I noticed this yesterday because I sent out this piece last night. It says, you won't just be canceled, you'll be erased. How many of you are familiar with the Wayback Machine? Oh, yeah. I use it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, so if you're unfamiliar with it, the Wayback Machine is like this repository of like everything online. It was launched in, you know, 2001, and it's the archive of the World Wide Web, and it's operated by the San Francisco-based Internet Archive. And so, I mean, I feel like we kind of stopped use of the mimeograph too soon. 
Because what ended up happening, they're supposed to collect everything. And what ended up happening is there was this, it was like basically a legal forum from what I understand called Kiwi Farms. I don't know it. But they, uh, someone, some woke person got mad at them over gen, over trans stuff. And they asked the Internet Archive to remove the Kiwi Farm stuff off of Wayback Machine. They said because apparently it was the fact that their, you know, the history of their website was on this apparently um, was a big bad no-no for the trans folks. And so they got really upset and they said that they wanted them entirely erased. And so Wayback Machine actually did it. They actually did it. Now, removal for copyright claims, that's something that can happen. But removal for absolute refusal to submit to groupthink is something else entirely. And I'm that when I saw this, I honestly got to say, that made me a little concerned to see that it was just done that easily. We're going to explore this a little bit more. Some of the other things that I have for you as well. The latest with the special master stuff, uh, which I think is going to be, I, I, I talked about this when I was on Jesse Waters on Tuesday. Uh, also, the Pentagon says that civilian and military relations are under extreme strain. They're also having major difficulty in... Uh, getting any getting recruits in a number of branches. We're going to discuss that as well. Also coming up, what is happening in Memphis? Yesterday, a murderer live streamed himself killing people, at least four people, ran loose before 19 years old before police apprehended him. I had a lot of gun control people that were going off yesterday. I will have you note he was 19 years old, so he was already in illegal possession of a handgun because you got to be 21 or up. You know, but talk about reducing the laws and, you know, and, and, or increasing the age to buy a to buy a firearm and, and reducing rights and, you know, see how well. I mean, did it stop this guy? No, it didn't. So we're this on the heels of the Eliza Fletcher story. What is going on in Memphis? We're going to talk about that and more. And if, by the way, I will have to say, if you hear any noise, I'm putting in a Hoss generator. Yeah. It's the size of Voltron. Big boy. There's no way to avoid it. There's no way to avoid anything. So if you hear anything robotic or crazy, it's because I'm putting in, I'm not joking you. You guys think I'm joking you. I mean, we are a professional, nationally syndicated radio show in hundreds of markets. We are putting in a Hoss generator. I told you I was going to do this. Did I not? Yeah. Didn't I say I was going to be burying stuff? Didn't I say I was going to be burying propane? I was going to get me like a, like a building-sized generator? Oh, yeah. I said this last time we had that freeze. I was so mad. You guys said I was joking. This is how long it took to get the damn thing. I'm doing it. Ammo is expensive and in short supply. Did you know that you can train without ammunition at your home using the Mantis X? All the best shooters in the world do a significant portion of their training with dry fire practice at home. The Mantis X firearms training system is a no ammo, all electronic way to practice and improve your shooting accuracy. It simply attaches to your own firearm like a, like a weapon light and you can use it at home or at the range. The Mantis X gives you data-driven real-time feedback on your technique and guides you through drills and courses. 94% of shooters improve within 20 minutes using Mantis X. The Mantis X is used by the Marine Corps, Army, and Special Forces. It's military-grade technology at an affordable price. And the Mantis X can improve your shooting dramatically, and it's a must-have for every gun owner. If you believe in your Second Amendment rights, you should also be able to act on your Second Amendment responsibility and be competent and confident in your shooting ability. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's MantisX.com. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. 
One of these may be false. Just just going to warn you. Uh, so first off, Portland is the city of Portland is suing Louis Vuitton for refusing to pay their 2020 taxes when rioters ransacked the store and vandalized it, broke it. I mean, they caused major damage. They damaged a lot of private property. They stole the rioters in Portland, stole 300,000 over $300,000 worth of merchandise. And so as a result, Louis Vuitton will refuse to pay its tax bills. I agree. I would say go pound sand. I'm not paying my damn tax bill. You just let this stuff happen. So the city's now trying to file a lawsuit against the French company. And they're claiming that they owe Portland and business taxes and all this stuff. Pound sand. There's no way I would do that. The California government is recommending that you purchase a giant hamster wheel to charge your electric car. Sacramento says with skyrocketing costs and grid failures across California, this California government is recommending everyone purchase a giant human-sized hamster wheel to generate electricity to charge their electric cars. Huh? Uh, maybe. It may be. Uh, my So far, my uh, sources include... Uh, this is uh, from... Uh, local media in Portland, Babylon Bee and others. Uh, so also, the U.S. Army has a fentanyl problem. Thanks, China and Mexico. I didn't know. That. Seriously, they're in the midst of a recruiting shortfall, we know. They have a, a re- good retention rate, but a recruiting shortfall. And now they also have a problem with fentanyl. This is dangerous stuff. Dangerous stuff. We have a lot more on the way. What's happening in Memphis? Stick with us. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing, and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188. Or text DANA to 998899. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188 or text DANA to 998899. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Have to have a little walk in Memphis. I remember I was telling Kane, welcome back to the radio program. Dana Lash here with you this Thursday, bottom of our first hour. I was telling Kane, I remember when Mark Cohn won the Grammy for this. And it was like a huge moment because 11,000 people had credits as songwriters on this song. I mean, it's a great song. It's a great track. It's like everything you'd want a song to be, right? It's catchy. It's a perfect formula. But I remember watching this like, golly, how many people? And that's when I learned about studio musicians. I didn't know. I mean, not to disrespect the song. I mean, it's a great track and he sounds great on it. But I thought it was apropos considering everything that happened yesterday evening. What is going on in Memphis what is going on in that beautiful city? I love Memphis. I love Tennessee. I love Nashville, Nash Vegas. I love all of it. And so this this whole, these stories, first it was Eliza Felcher, 
which was horrific, or Fletcher, excuse me, it was Eliza Fletcher. And she was jogging and she was taken into a van and murdered. It was horrific. There are a bunch of joggers, uh, a ton of them, that are going to be finishing her route in memory of her. And she seemed like a really sweet lady. And all the videos, mom of two in her mid-30s, kindergarten teacher. She was super young. Um, I mean, she went jogging and she always went jogging. You know, you know that she was dedicated because it was 4.30 in the morning. I only have one other friend that will go running at 4.30 in the morning. And she's also one of those marathoners. But just awful. And then, yet last night, this guy, 19 years old, live streams himself going on a shooting spree, killing at least four people. Police were looking for him forever. And I first saw the news of it because someone... I mean, the video ended up being on Twitter and everything. I think they were trying to take it down as quickly as possible. But, you know, it's it can, you know, you can only go so fast. But it began, uh, what, around 4.30, I think, Central Time. So for several hours until he was apprehended at 9 p.m., police in Memphis were telling people to shelter in place. I mean, he was going walking right into different stores, opening the door, and then pointing a handgun and shooting people, live streaming it. And obviously, 19 years old with a handgun, not in legal possession at all. You know, he didn't, he would, no retailer would have sold him that because he's 19. It's one thing if you're with a parent at the range, but that's it. So he had carjacked someone about 8.58 p.m., apprehended about 9.20 p.m. by Memphis and Shelby County Police after a high-speed chase. Now, I want to point this out because I know that this is a thing with BLM. Everyone, all, there's these narratives that go out like, oh my gosh, these people, you know, they, that, that the, the deciding factor as to whether or not someone brought into custody is shot or, or, or not, or if they're killed or just like brought into custody without injury is dependent upon race. Well, after the high-speed chase, when he was apprehended, he didn't fight with police. And he was taken into custody and they put him in the back of the police car. When you start physically uh, tangling with police, that's when that's when they're going to pull that trigger. And I wanted to put that out because there have been I mean, there are a number there were a number of stories just in the past several years of white suspects who were shot and killed. There was a guy shot and killed at a gas station, white guy. And people were trying to raise a lot of, I mean, I had people sending me emails about it. And they, they're like, oh, this needs to be, this is the same thing as B. And I'm like, no, it's not. He was fighting with police, black or white. You can't, you know, especially if you lead people on a chase like that. This guy was running around shooting people. Telling everybody, he was on his account with his name. And he was showing his face on camera and then turning the phone around and showing exactly what he, it was horrific. Don't go looking for those videos. There's, I think there's things that people aren't meant to see. I think it, it just damages your soul, man. But they apprehended him. Now I'm looking at Memphis and I'm going to tell you now because I know some people I don't think that I think this is an issue of restorative justice not an issue of race. Bottom line. I think Fletcher's murder was an issue of restorative justice not an issue of race. I think this dude This was an issue of restorative justice, not an issue of race. Restorative justice 
the sort of justice that Democrats are pushing in major cities across America is failing. New York, Chicago, Philadelphia, St. Louis, Milwaukee, Portland, Seattle, Los Angeles, San Francisco, every major city that has really pushed these sorts of efforts, reduced bail, bail reform in New York. Did you not hear how the police and even a number of prosecutors are saying, whoa, 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 do you realize that the the amount of repeat offenders that are brought in on felony firearm charges, we're talking violent offenders who are brought in with felony firearms charges. They're already prohibited possessors. They're getting nabbed again with a gun charge and they're left to walk. That is not an exaggeration by any means. I welcome you to fact check me. You can find the video and the transcript of all these press conferences from all these police and these interviews with prosecutors and all local media across that state. It's one of the things that Kathy Hochul won't address. Eric Adams kind of does, but they stop short. They keep saying it's a gun violence problem. Gun violence isn't the issue. It's repeat offender violence. And this is no different in Memphis. That's what's happening in Memphis. They said that this, this guy, the mayor, came out. Jim Strickland. And this, you know, I was looking at this because a lot of these cities, you know, they have the same kind of, you know, the same kind of party that controls everything. Just, you know, got to put it out there. This guy was saying that uh, this individual had been, he had been, he was charged with attempted first degree murder back in April of 2021. He was allowed to plead guilty to a lesser charge. He was sentenced to three years in prison, but he got to walk after not even serving a year. He served a few months and they let him walk. If that dude was in jail still, if we did not have the rot of restorative justice in Memphis, those four people who were shot and killed by this guy last night would still be alive. That is something you absolutely cannot argue. He'd be in jail. We're letting people walk on murder one charges now. Attempted murder one. Are you kidding me? Violent offenders in New York are able to walk. This is what's going on, and it's not just in Memphis. It is in cities across the country. And it's where you have this restorative justice. Over and over again, we see this. It is a problem. And, you know, I have to ask, who are the people running? Jim Strickland is the mayor in Memphis. Guess what party he's in? Jim Strickland's a Democrat. You know, you've got judges and DAs and all kinds of stuff. Anybody in an elected position, when you get into a big city, what's their political affiliation, Kane? Democrat. Democrat. I went and was looking up all the leadership in Memphis. Same thing with St. Louis. I mean, it was... You know, to hear Strickland say something like that, a Democrat mayor. It doesn't matter. By the way, restorative justice is no different if you're in New York than Memphis. This is the one thing that's weird. Because typically, 
you know how, you know, there's this saying that, oh, well, you know, a lefty in New York is way different than like a lefty in Kentucky. Really, though? I think maybe you could say that 15, 20 years ago. But I think that social media has eliminated a lot of those boundaries and has really uh, leveled a lot of it. So now the restorative justice that you would think would only exist in super crazy cities like New York or L.A., it's everywhere now. It's the same as it is in Memphis, just as the same as it is in New York, just as the same as it is in Chicago and St. Louis and Los Angeles. I've told y'all before, I lived in downtown St. Louis. I could see the ballpark from my house. I could, well, I could see the arch from my house and I could see the fireworks from the ballpark and I could smell the hops from the brewery because we lived legit right by the brewery. Pass it every day. And it was beautiful. Fall evening, summer evening, you sit outside and you look at the arch and you can smell the beer brewing. It was, it was amazing. It was a very special area. The crime was crazy. Because And it got crazier as you got more and more of this entrenched restorative justice, as you got more and more of these progressive judges and progressive prosecutors and, and DA, you know, all of this stuff, defense attorney, everybody in there, the mayor, the police chief, police chief's always been political. They're not like the sheriff and they're, they're picked by the, the mayor. They're not picked by the voters. And so... Yeah, and the district attorney over there, yeah. And that's, uh, what is that, Kim Gardner is a Soros. She's corrupt. I mean, a lot, all of them are. And you just saw it get worse and worse and worse. And I was talking before we left the city. I was talking to a neighbor of mine, and they're like, it's just gotten worse. My neighbor had lived on the right of me, had been there for, what, 20 years in her home, her and her husband. And their kids and their grandkids come over. I mean, it was a, you know, really, it was not just, it was not just diverse in terms of, you know, ethnicity, it was diverse in terms of age. And everyone, no matter what they believe, there's one thing we all agreed on on that street, is that the crime is getting worse because the, the city allows it. Crime gets worse because judges allow it. Crime gets worse because prosecutors aren't bringing charges. They slap hands. That's one of the reasons why you had that one kid who ended up getting shot in Tower Grove well, he had already been out. He's technically on probation. He was supposed to be under, uh, uh, in the home before sunset. And he was seen running out of a drug den, pulling a gun on a plainclothes cop. Well, what did you think was going to happen? You know? And, and he'd, been al- he'd still be alive if he actually wasn't. I think what he only got pay, had to pay less than 10%. They, they uh, allowed him to walk for almost nothing. I mean, I could go on and on with stories like this. And it's sad. Because lives are lost. People lose that chance for that arc of redemption. It's just, it's awful. This is what's happening in Memphis. That's what's, these stories with this 19-year-old running around and shooting you on the DA, as Kane noted, Steve Mulroy, he's a Democrat too. Everybody's a Demo- Democrat city. And they're seeing crime because of Democrat policies. I hate to make this strictly about party line stuff, but I'm going to tell you if a Republican felt did this stuff, they'd be run out on a rail. That's what's happening in Memphis. And it's not just going to stop in big cities, folks. Do you think that this stopped outside of New York? Did this rot of restorative justice, which I've been talking about for, I mean, it's going to be close to a decade. Did this stop in L.A.? 
Everybody thinks this is all, these are all big city problems. Are they though? Because now in Memphis, people were saying, oh, Memphis was always a troubled city. Yeah, maybe. They had problems. But this is a whole new set of problems, folks. And it's a problem brought on by this idea of restorative justice, by this idea that that leniency without consequence is the way to go about preventing crime. Deterrent prevents crime. It's just, it's sad to see. That is what is happening in Memphis. Coming up, we got energy problems. Britain is making some interesting moves to combat what's happening with their, as Corinne Jean-Pierre would say, Nordstrom pipeline. So we're going to talk about that. I've got wokery, a lot of wokery for you. Never run out of coffee by joining the club with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. As a veteran-owned company, Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers on that promise by developing explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as members of the military, and they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. When you join the coffee club, you select your perfect roast, how much coffee you want, and how often you want it delivered, and it's all shipped right to your door for free. Not only do you save a trip to the store, but you also receive special discounted pricing. You gain access to exclusive products and partner brand discounts. Not sure what roast is best for you? Take the Black Rifle Coffee Quiz and get matched to the perfect coffee roast and then join the club. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to save 20% off your purchase in your first coffee club order. That's 20% off with promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. Red meat, black coffee, truth-telling. The Dana Show. Welcome back. Make sure, folks, you sign up for the newsletter at Substack. Ye old chapter and verse. Now, we have important news from Steve, our resident millennial, chief millennial, uh, on the program. And you guys know that normally, whenever they add words to the dictionary, I hate it. But there's one that I am a particular fan of. Actually, two, I will say, because one of them I've used forever. Steve, what's the one that you hate the most? Because there's some words that Merriam-Webster have added. Why is pumpkin spice added to the dictionary? That's like those are two words just put together to describe a particular coffee drink. What is why is that added to this? Well, but it's not. I'm confused. So, because it's like, it's, why, why is pumpkin spice? They're two things. That's what? Stop. I don't get that one. Uh, but Steve, what did you tell me? What's the, the main one that I'm most happy about that was added? There's, there's a couple that you like, but I think your favorite would be yeet. I think that's yes, the one sir. that you would enjoy the most. Uh, yeah. I mean, finna, get drunk. Yeah. And I finna yeah. yeet myself <laughs> off a building. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, there you go. That is, I was telling Kane on break, Kane and Stephen Wan, that I think, you know, like the shot put and javelin should just be renamed Yeet and Chuck. Wait, is Chuck in there to, to I guess, throw Yeet? I will fight somebody for my kids die when I say it. I don't care. I, I, I want Yeet is a great that is exactly what you what it's the one of those words that sounds like what you're doing. Kind of Yeet. you're th- launching something like <laughs> off a roof or into a I don't know. Sus was added, which is stupid. That's not a real word. That's not. For suspicious. suspicious. Janky of very poor quality. I have said this since I was in high school. Janky. 
I'm like, that's so janky. And my husband's like, why are you making, you're just making things up at this point. I'm like, no, that's an actual word. Now it is. Some of them I think are stupid. Um, like dumb phone. That's, those are two words put together. Uh, virtue signaling. That's a phrase. Stop. It's not an act. Stop it. Stop doing that. But yeet, I totally approve of. Janky. You know, I'm on the fence over. But yeet. Yeah, I'll take that one. That's okay. Plushie's been added. But pumpkin spice. I don't know. Pumpkins. It's that time of year where all the women start dressing like Han Solo and wearing Uggs. And, you know, if you if you do all of those and you have a pumpkin spice and you, you say it in the bathroom mirror, a woman will appear behind you telling you her favorite things about fall. Stay with us. Second hour next. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart Cherry Gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. So in the last week or so, we've heard the president calling elected Republicans a threat to the country. Does he think MAGA Republicans are more of a threat to the country than people DHS says may pose a risk to national security and the safety of local communities? Again, DHS has disputed this report, it's, uh, and it said it didn't take into account the key steps uh, that we have taken as a U.S. government, the rigorous uh, multi-layered screening and vetting process that we take as a government, that was not part of the report. Uh, again, this report is not accurate. Uh, I know that our team has spoken to your team about this and uh, the DHS has provided a comment saying just that. So again, I refer it to DHS. DHS. Are we going to actually, first off, they've been accused of failing to properly vet refugees coming in from Afghanistan. So I'm not quite sure how much we want to, with any government agency at this point. Welcome back to the program. Second hour of the show. I'm Dana Lash, your hostess, your lovable curmudgeon here this Thursday afternoon. And we're watching a lot of stuff going on or everything going on in the UK and all that stuff with uh, the their new prime minister and of course the queen will give you any updates that they have because I know some of you are interested in that uh, but with this this was Peter Ducey asking Corinne Jean-Pierre this yesterday and I he makes a really good point are these political people or people who believe this do they they voted for Trump are they more of a threat to the country than the actual people DHS says may pose a risk to national security. Her answer was unsatisfying. Entirely unsatisfying. And he was right to ask that. Why is it, by the way, that he is the only person who asks her? I think that there's maybe one or two. You have Jackie Heinrich. Of course, she's also with Fox. But then you have have one other who uh, who was there. That asked, I can't remember what his name is, um, but he every now and then he gets, you know, he asks a pretty good question. 
So this, uh, her answer was just not, not uh, satisfying at all. Not at all. And I really do think, it was interesting when you had Hillary Clinton get out there and say, well, I really think that we need to be careful of, you know, what we say talking about Biden she said she didn't believe that his remarks were divisive but yet at the same time she doesn't believe that you know that you that he I guess she thinks that you should watch what you say you she called people deplorables it was pretty much you know right down with what Biden has been saying so a few things still to touch on here uh, as we are barreling through another week i can't already believe it's september it does seem crazy right that it is already september i'm going to get into some of the midterm stuff i want to go though really quickly back to the story that we had in our headline section portland suing is is now suing a retailer granted it's a bougie retailer remember back in in what was it the 20 2020 2019 all the riots everything else that happened particularly 2020 so in Portland, where is that where you had the uh, chess chop? Yeah, I think so. Where you had the make the like they, they tried to actually farm and it was horrific because they actually did not know how to farm. They bought like brought vegetables at the store, like vegetable plants. They didn't even get heirloom stuff, meaning, you know, they didn't even get anything that you, you, you know, you would have seeds that could just reproduce by themselves. It, just nuts. Anyway. So they allowed them to do that forever. You ended up having people getting killed. There was a teenager who got killed. Uh, you had a, uh, I will never get over this. Don't forget the SoundCloud warlord. Remember the guy who was a SoundCloud artist? SoundCloud. Oh my gosh, it's a verbal typo and we're keeping it. SoundCloud for people who think they're musicians using the computer but aren't. He was a SoundCloud artist. Artist is really getting abused here. And he just pulls up his little car and he starts giving people Rifles right out of the back of his vehicle, right? Remember all that? So while all this was going on, you had the rioters going around, busting up so many businesses. They were setting stuff on fire, damaging stores, and they went after this Louis Vuitton. Of course they did. But they didn't see, they, they only believe in, they, they say they don't believe in capitalism, but at the same time, then they went and stole $300,000 worth of merchandise. The irony of not believing in capitalism, but stealing for yourself a Louis Vuitton is just one of the most basic, basicity, basic things I can think of. And so they damaged the store there. They stole all this merchandise. They busted up the store. They caused extensive damage. And so as a result, Louis Vuitton said, now nah, we ain't paying our 2020 tax bills there. Why should we? I don't disagree with them. So in a, circ- in a county circuit court, a complaint was filed. The city said that Louis Vuitton owed them 23825 in business taxes. For what? You refused to allow that business to be protected. You refused to do it. And not just that business, but a number of others. Louis Vuitton can stand up and do this because it's Louis Vuitton. It's a French billionaire company. You know, Salma Hayek's husband essentially owns it. He owns the luxury group that owns Louis Vuitton and all this other stuff. That's Salma Hayek's husband. So this, that's why she always is dressed so nice. She's like in the fanciest outfits. 
my point is that they can do this where you got mom and pops that can't do this stuff. They can't, you know, have this legal fight. But Louis Vuitton can apparently because they got the money to do it. Good for them. They, you know, they make a lot of their stuff in Dallas now, too. Remember that when Trump came to Dallas because they opened up? It was huge. They're one of the only only uh, so-called luxury brands. I watched this. I don't want to get into the ditch. I'm going to come back to Portland. Give me a second. So do you remember how the whole thing of uh, the, the pandemic uh, kicked off in Italy? I was reading all about this. They've had a problem for a decade with illegal immigration. And they would have uh, longstanding Italian uh, faci- like manufacturing facilities that did the leather and did the tanning and all this other stuff, the leather tanning and all that, um, to make things for all of these different designers, not just for ladies' handbags, but for shoes and belts and things for dudes, wall- all this kind of stuff. And they were, a lot of them sold and were purchased by major Chinese companies that were based in where? Wuhan. Uh, it's a major business area. And so there at one point they had had a lot of protests because whenever the Italians were getting up, when they would get upset over the illegal immigration and the accusations of sweatshops running in these facilities that had previously been Italian owned. And then they were bringing a lot of illegal immigrants in and they were running essentially, like I said, sweatshops. And when Italians and the city were were, pro, were were raised concerns or objections over this, they were called racists. So they stopped just to keep the peace. They stopped raising a fuss about it. Well, then when the pandemic started, you can actually find this article. I wrote about it. The uh, mayor of that of, the, of of that town in that area, because it was all in the Prado area and elsewhere, they were saying that one of the reasons why they didn't actually say anything initially and want to restrict flights in at the start of the pandemic was after everything that they went through with the immigration debacle, they did not want to once again be called racist. No joke. That is how that happened. So, to now, uh, this th- they have the Louis Vuitton. They have the money to do this, and they're one of the only. There's very few of those high end brands that actually do all of their stuff in very carefully watched. Uh, you know, whether it, either it's French or Spanish or Italian. Uh, facilities that manufacture this stuff and they moved a big part of their operations to Dallas and Trump came to Dallas to view it so a lot of the stuff is now American made very interesting so they got the money to do this so anyway to Portland back to Portland they had such extensive damage like they I mean it looked like a storm broke through that store I mean windows busted you know boarding up doesn't do you know when you got riots and the the police are told not to do anything what are you going to do so they went in, busted everything up, extensive damage, stole, pretty much wiped them out. And they, they, Louis Vuitton was like, we're not paying taxes here. What are we paying taxes for? Where's the return on our investment? Y'all didn't, y'all didn't protect our business. You, you didn't do nothing. Hardly anybody went to jail there for it. Hardly anybody. And so now the city actually is filing suit against them. They said, no, no, you still owe us 20, almost $24,000 in business taxes and interest. Uh, you you also owe the county another eighteen thousand dollars. So you and then that comes up, blah blah blah. So long story short, they're like, oh, now you get forty two thousand two hundred sixty eight dollars for that, and the county business tax payments and the city payments, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. The city states that it provided notice to Louis Vuitton about its tax obligations and demanded payment, but the company pretty much said pound sand. This is funny. Now, the lawsuit, National Review got the lawsuit. They said it doesn't actually say exactly why they won't pay their taxes, but I, they, the company will not address questions from the media. But Portland media outlets have noted that the taxes in question are specifically from 2020. 
And that's when that is when exactly the store was ransacked and damaged and pretty much and well wiped out entirely of merchandise. And all these other businesses were destroyed. A lot of the businesses couldn't reopen there. That was in, on May 29th, 2020 was when the when the rioters really kicked off. And that's when they broke into the Pioneer Place Mall. They raided all those stores. There was all kinds of viral videos of it. Everybody wore a mask and you could see them ransacking the store. There's video of them doing it. I mean, it's over in total about a million dollars worth of damage. And that includes these stolen goods. Now, they also went after Apple Store, Capital One, H&M. They totally destroyed the Starbucks. There's all kinds of video of that, too. They said it was anarchy. And remember, city officials, what did they say? Oh, they just kind of said it was, you know, it was okay. No, no need to worry about it. The, the remarks I remember that they had were insulting and offensive. So I think that this is, I mean, you had the city, they spent $12 million in Portland. The Portland Police Bureau alone. And this is according to a couple of, I'm going to make sure I give attributions properly. There's a couple of figures of that. Uh, this is some of the Portland local media, Portland Police Bureau and others. They were saying about, uh, I mean, it's kind of crazy, an NRO as well. Their Portland Police Bureau data, government website, they spent $12 million in taxpayer money responding to all the riots. And get this, over half of that actually all was incurred the first month of the riots. That's how bad it was there. They said that there were 35 riots in the city that year alone. And they were all, and this, is, this is how they said, they said they included self-identified socialists, anarchists, Antifa, trans activists, disaffected people struggling with mental illness. Would you pay, your, would you pay on that? I wouldn't. I'd tell them to go pound sand. I'm, I'm already mad that, I, that we're, we got to, what, we're getting hit with taxes. What did y'all get? Think about this for lockdown. How much in tax did you pay? Anything is too much, in my opinion. How much in taxes did y'all pay? A lot, right? Oh, yeah. Did you get the return on your investment? Hell no. Mom and dad, your kids in school, did y'all get the return on your investment? Grandma and grandpa, do you, think, do you feel like your grandkids got their return on their investment for school? What about the kids that you pay for school for your property tax? Everybody's got a private tuition bill that they all pay in the form of a property tax. Did y'all get? Do you feel like the kids that ain't yours that are being educated, do you feel like that you got the return on your investment for that? Because we had an imminent domain of our ability to produce income. Never forget that that's what that is. Imminent domain of our ability to produce income. The government seized the action of generating income. That's why those PPP loans, for the first time ever, I didn't actually get mad about government giving money. Because it's taxpayer dollars that you're getting back. And all the people who are complaining the loudest about people taking money, they didn't pay near as much in taxes as the people who got the loans did. I know that for a fact. Millions of Americans are waking up to a country they don't recognize. And while they struggle to raise their families and pay the bills, the media and corporations are telling them that they're what's wrong with the country. Thankfully, there are some companies that still believe in America and our Constitution. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative cell phone company, is on the front lines fighting for the sanctity of life, religious freedom, and the Second Amendment. And this is why Patriot Mobile is different from every other provider out there. Inflation has made it really hard on many Americans. And thankfully, Patriot Mobile 
T-Mobile has plans for almost any budget, and they offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers. Get the same great service, plus the knowledge that your money is supporting the values that made America great and will again. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Use offer code Dana to get free activation. And special discounts are available for veterans and first responders. Join the movement and make the switch today. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. Mm-mm-mm. So, uh, a few things. This is so stupid. A new study says PMS mood swings and anxiety are a global public health issue. You know what? Premenstrual mood swings, really easy to talk to your lady doctor and deal with that. Especially if it's like premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is when your hormones, some women, their hormones get a little nuttier. And that's totally normal. But anxiety, everybody gets anxiety. The difference is that some people just learn how to cope with it. I, I just, golly, I'm not even going to get into I'm just going to get mad. That's what's going to happen. This this totally shocked me. Okay, so I am really want to dive and look where I have changed. How in the world is this possible? 2004 quarters, the quarters that have the 2004 year on them, are worth $2,000 apparently, and one could be in your pocket. What? I, I, how is it? What? What? It's the coins came out in 2004. It's the Wisconsin State Quarter. They show a cow, mm, a wheel of cheese, mm, ear of corn on the back. That's all right. And the valuable ones have something special going on with a corn. So on TikTok, TikTok, um, which I don't go on, uh, a user called CoinHub posted a video saying, "Look, the what makes them valuable is an extra leaf on the corn. It's a tiny mark under one part of the vegetable that increases the quarter's value." It's referred to as the high extra leaf. It's not supposed to be there. If you have a 2004 quarter with the high extra leaf on the corn, I can't even believe this is a thing. Dude, they had one quarter in great condition with that mark, and it sold for $2,530. How in the world is that a thing? Man, I don't know. So the iPhone 14 and the 14 Pro, the Apple Watch 8, and the Ultra and AirPods Pro 2, they were announced yesterday. I think the 14s are like ridiculously circusly bigger. And they said that they're not raising prices for their phones despite inflation. That was surprising. Stick with us. More in store. Former Trump campaign official David Bossie joins me to explain how the mainstream media is focusing on Trump because the Democrats can't defend the Biden record. I'm Sarah Carter on the latest Sarah Carter show. I'll also discuss what Republican messaging should look like headed into November. Plus, I'll talk about the infuriating rise of violent crime that's fueled in part by Democrats banning cash bail and putting criminals back out on the streets. Follow the Sarah Carter show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want a behind-the-scenes look at the Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's Chapter and Verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com. We just got word, it's just been announced by the royal family, that Queen Elizabeth has died at Balmoral just this afternoon. Uh, Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. This Thursday, at the bottom of our second hour, and the news is out that the Queen, uh, Queen Elizabeth II, has died peacefully, they said, at Balmoral this afternoon. And they, I guess, like her kids and grandkids have been there. Uh, they raced, apparently it was reported that they raced there. Now, I know it's kind of weird for Americans to follow this sort of thing. It's going to be all over UK and Commonwealth nations. 
But I do think it is somewhat interesting to, you do have to note, I think, the historical uh, relevancy of this. She's been there since World War II. I mean, she served as a mechanic during World War II. Uh, She never seemed woke either, I must add. Now, I don't know if I can say that necessarily the same for her son, but she never seemed woke. And she, I mean, there's photos of her even, you know, in her later years, firing 50 cal and doing all this stuff. And she was a, she supported hunting and uh, the outdoors. She apparently loved the outdoors. She was a dog lover, which, you know, that speaks to me too. That and being outdoors and, you know, ethical harvesting of meat, that's, you know, all speaks to me. So uh, it, it is, I think that that's important to note in all of this. And I think that's where, especially since America is being roiled with wokery and, and a breakdown of norms and traditions and everything else, I think it's very important to note that. She may be the last anti-woke monarch. Whether or not you follow the monarchy, I think that that's something important to acknowledge. She was not woke. And that I, 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 there's a number of ways I think that's been, I, whether or not that's something that's analyzed by the British media, I doubt, but... Uh, But the news just came in. Queen Elizabeth is dead. She's died at age 96. Now, they have a whole thing that they go through. um, And I I wanted to, I'm going to pull this up because it's, I can't remember uh, what it's called. They have a whole thing that they, that they go through. It's called Operation London Bridge. Now, this is what's going to happen. They have a whole thing about it. And they've rehearsed this and they've practiced this for years. It was an all-hands-on-deck protocol that was established in the 60s. A couple of people have this. The Guardian uh, has a detailed thing, uh, and uh, also uh, New York Post and Politico. So what happens, they'll, you know, London Bridge is down. That's the, that's the plan for what happens. Uh, and they, that's always, they wanted to be seamless. I mean, she's outlasted, what, 12 U.S. presidents? How many prime ministers? She met Churchill for crying out loud. Right. You know, she was supposed to host what they call the Privy Council. She did meet the new prime minister, Liz Truss, yesterday. And I guess that was the last, or no, day before, a couple of days ago. It was the last photo of her, uh, at least that was released publicly. So what ends up happening, You, the Queen's private secretary leads with the news, and they contact the prime minister, and then those are the people who are told first. It, this is the whole, uh, this is literally how this happens. The private secretary contacts the prime minister. And the last time a British monarch died, her father, uh, King George, 60, 65 years ago, they say Hyde Park Corner to Buckingham Palace because they don't want people who are connected. They didn't want switchboard operators to find out. And so she's known as London Bridge. So the, they, the civil servants on secure lines, they say Linden Bridge is down. And from the Foreign Office's Global Response Center, uh, the news goes out to 15 governments uh, outside the UK where she's had a state. That's, and the other 36 nations of the Commonwealth. Because you have England, you have Great Britain, you have the, you know, the Commonwealth. There's different names for the number of countries that are included in those named references. And so... Usually the way it is because they have to they notify prime ministers and all this stuff. So she will have passed for a little bit before it's made public. So it's not an immediate, you know, they 
they wear black armbands and all this and they they have a plan that they have rehearsed like when they said when her husband passed away he planned his whole thing apparently himself and that was all rehearsed and all of that uh so it goes out uh to the press and then they they go in from they go from there operate that's operation london bridge and they do this to have everybody alerted publicly at the same time and they get i mean they have everything's you know the funeral the national the day of national mourning they said that the day following her death is d plus one until her funeral 10 days out so it'll be 10 days before her funeral and then that's declared the the day of national mourning and that's then it'll it'll be the uh and then they have uh I, I guess at some point later on they'll have her son crowned and he'll deliver a national broadcast uh, so on d-day plus one they're going to have the accession council meet at st james palace they will officially proclaim him as the new sovereign according to the league plans uh, and that's how everybody knows of all this by the way and then they said that he will meet with the prime minister and senior cabinet officials and all of this there are a number of reasons why you Yes, we're American. We don't have a monarch, but you need to watch things because certain optics do affect. Uh, they do have an effect. We're getting ready to. We're getting ready for winter. We're in. We're starting fall. We're watching serious, a serious energy crisis, about to envelop Europe. There's a lot of weakness everywhere. We have weak people who elect weak politicians who make weak policies and have disastrous effects on their populace. Weakness allows tyrants to flourish. It allows evil in the hearts of men to grow, as we've seen with Russia and in China, Belarus. And I think that this has a major effect because for that nation... We've always known, you know, we've always kind of watched it from afar across the pond, you know. But for that nation, they've had her there for, gosh, their great grandparents. She's been on the throne. She was on the throne in her 20s. Can you imagine anybody in their 20s doing, I mean, today's, no offense, Steve, or Juan. I mean, you guys are different. But you know what I mean? Like, you know, we get people who get upset over pancake mix for crying out loud. Right? That's what makes me also think that there's no way there would be a civil war. You can't have people who get upset over civil war. They're not going to be able to have the wherewithal to stop and charge their cars every 20 minutes on their way to a civil war. Not going to happen. But I look at this a lot for so many people. I have friends who are British. They, she's been there forever. And they have always talked about there being some kind of like a guiding presence there during the days of World War II when her father famously, they could have fled to the countryside. Her father stayed there. They were bombing London and her dad stayed there with the prime minister. They you know, were in a little bit more secure locations, but he, went, he made sure that he was very visible. And that's something that stuck in their heads. I've had my friends tell me about this. They're like, they've never left. Like whenever it got bad, they never left. And so when you've grown up with that, it's a very different culture. When you've grown up with that, when your grandparents grew up with it, your parents grew up with it, you grew up with it, it is a big thing in terms of representation, how it's, you know, it's, it's an iconic thing for that culture. It does have an effect. I don't think that it can be denied the effect it has like on a nation's 
uh, emotions, their psyche, things of that nature. So that's why I think it's important to to touch on it because it's just a out of all the times I had the last one of my friends who's British was telling me um, that uh, he hoped that he wasn't a fan of Charles. And he was like, oh, I hope the Queen lives on for another 90-something years. Just formidable. 72 years, I think, on the throne. So I think that's why it's, you know, it's important to acknowledge this stuff. They said from she's going to lie in state for three days uh, after a procession through London. She'll, it'll take her coffin to Buckingham Palace. And then to the Palace of Westminster, they'll have a service there, and then it'll be in state for three days. Uh, and it'll be open to the public 23 hours a day if that plan hasn't changed. And apparently, they've had this, I think they re- they rehearsed this stuff almost annually. And then they uh, carry it up to the St. Giles's Cathedral and all this stuff, and then they'll, but it's called, it's it's 60 years of planning. Operation London Bridge is what it's called. So that's been kicked into effect, and I guess today is officially D1. So it'll go for 10 days. And then from there. Very interesting um, how this and what effect this is going. I mean, do, think about it like this. This is what I mean when you when you have optics like this. When her dad stayed in London when they were bombing, that that and what and, and Churchill, his speech and and their insistence to be seen and be seen working and, you know, she working as a mechanic and be and, and made, making sure that she was seen doing these things. You know what that does for people who are looking for hope? Because there for a while, it was very sketchy. They were standing alone for a while. And if they would have fallen, what would have happened? And people dug in. They got that stiff upper lip. Keep calm and carry on wasn't. I think a statement of surrender, it was a statement of, yeah, well, I'm too resolute for your thuggery to affect me. And they kept doing what needed to be done in order to be successful in protecting their sovereignty. People get hope from things like that. So you can't discount it. You can't discount it. You know, like people get, when the politicians here in the United States, right? Think about with Kavanaugh for a moment, Brett Kavanaugh. When he was seen fighting against the smears, what did that do to a nation's attitude in pushing back against that? So as much as we think it is far removed from us, and it is because it's, you know, we're not a monarchy, we're a republic. There are certain ways in which it does touch, you know, you know, no man's an island. It does touch, I think, the psyche and the overall attitude. And that is the perspective through which I look at this. I don't look at this as, oh, this is a monarch that we ran away from. I don't look at that and through that perspective. I look at it as, what is this going to mean for the attitude of the British people who are about to find themselves in another difficult position again? The energy crisis. They got a new prime minister. Those are always the shakier days of new governments, right? That's why transitions. That's why we pride ourselves on seamless, peaceful transitions because it's, it's, it is an establishment of, well, it's supposed to be of trust, and it's always, you know, it's always a little sketchy as everybody settles in. They got a brand new prime minister. We're dealing with a new cabinet. You have uh, an energy crisis on your doorstep. You have a war not far away. 
And we are dealing with the worldwide onslaught of it's Marxism wearing the mask of green energy. How, what will this do to the British people? I think it's a fair question. But uh, if you're just joining us, yeah, the Queen has died peacefully, died in Balmoral this afternoon. So that's going to be, you know, all the uh, the coverage this evening. We're going to, as I think it fits into what we always talk about, I will touch upon that and bring you updates on it. Um, coming up, one of the one of the things that I do want to touch on, because I said that they got a new prime minister, and I think you always have to, I want to pay attention to what our allies are doing. Because if our allies are doing a lot of heavy work and pushing back against things, doesn't that mean that we have to, you know, it means that we're, we have a good work partner, does it not? So Liz Truss, who is a conservative, isn't it weird how all the, well, I don't know if I would consider the last one, but most of the female prime ministers have been conservative in UK. Uh, Liz Truss has, a, and she's unveiled this plan to counter Putin's energy restrictions and uh, she's backing fracking. Liz Truss, Prime Minister, backing fracking. And she's backing using the North Sea Reserves. This is a major change. We're going to talk about that because that will have an effect that, again, you want a good work partner. The United States wants a good work partner with something like this. It's his life mission. To make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. All right, all right, all right. So what do we got here? Man, I'm telling you what. These, honestly, in times like this, is it just me? Because I swear to you, Florida Man seems like the most normal person in the world anymore. Well, except this guy. So this is in Tampa. A North Fort Myers man was arrested because he pulled... Is it a short, I guess a short sword. He pulled a three foot long sword on Lee County deputies during the traffic stop. That's, that's not short. Three foot? Three foot's a pretty decent sword. Uh, three foot, is like that? Three foot? I'm saying, for the people watching the simulcast, for the people listening, they're like, we can't say girl. I mean, three foot, it's a short. That's uh, about two, two and a half, what you got going on there. Keep going. Is Keep it a going short? Anyway. Right about there. So. They said they asked him to step out of his vehicle. He reached towards the center console and pulled out a three-foot steel sword. And it gets better. Deputies backed off as Osterman, his name is Randy Osterman, he was in a Nissan Altima, blocking the bicycle lane. He attached a metal dragon-shaped handle to the base of it. I did, like, screw it in? The hilt? He, it, he screw you, what? Is you screw in the hilt? I don't understand. Okay, anyway. I went, and this one, I need pictures. I mean, I'm very concerned about the story, but also I'm like, how do you, wait, what did you attach? Deputies tried to use their tasers, but did he deflect it with the sword? Like, what's going on? He stuck the sword out of, the, out of his window with the deputies. He was incapacitated as he tried to flee through the passenger side door. Eventually, they probably. Uh, dude, he had all kind of stuff. It was a cornucopia of, res- of uh, controlled substances. And illegal substances, methamphetamine, marijuana, glass pipes, all kinds of stuff. He was charged with a bunch of things, including giving a false ID to a law enforcement officer. What did you think he was going to do with the sword? Honestly, this guy broke into his own home and attempted to steal his roommate's hookah. Well, 
in his own house. Lee County Sheriff's Office responded. 19-year-old Tyler Wesley, Fort Myers City, got in trouble. He broke in, tried to steal his roommate's hookah. And, uh, no, you can't. Roommate reported him. You can't. You, dude, you can't do that either. Stick with us. Third hour on the way. Welcome back to the program. I'm Dana Lash, your lovable curmudgeon here. Top of our third hour this Thursday. And the breaking news that's coming out of uh, Britain. And I'm going to explain how you should be concerned, even though we're Americans and proudly American and proudly in a republic. Uh, I'm going to explain how this should you should think about this or how at least I do. Uh, The Queen, Queen Elizabeth, dead. Uh, has passed away, uh, passed away peacefully at her home in Balmoral, Balmoral Castle. She's died at age 96 after a historic 70-year reign. A friend of mine asked a question, will she be the last practicing Christian crown of England? She was a non-woke queen. She was a non I, I mean, I think out of all the people in Britain who held either elected positions or were, you know, nobility or whatever, she was non-woke. Not all of them were, and I don't know, I mean, even her son. I mean, they, she was non-woke. And as I was explaining last hour, um, she, I think this, I think it's significant in more ways than this is just the, the monarch of a country of which we are not members. And I know that we take great pride in saying, oh, we don't care about anything about the monarchy. But I I do care about the way in which, you know, our, our, some of our best and strongest and longest lasting allies. Because this is a very tumultuous period worldwide, not just in the United States. Europe is facing a major energy crisis they just got a brand new prime minister in britain and just what was this this was on september 6th just a couple of days ago the queen who apparently the the queen of england who could barely apparently stand met the new uh prime minister liz truss i have to remark upon the difference between the way she approached her duty in the way our own elected president approaches his duty. He's in Delaware all the time. She literally was meeting the new prime minister two days before she died. Uh, that's pretty significant, I think. Do you agree? She was... Me- I, I think that there is a difference when it comes to duty between what the me- our media expects and what Britain's media expects. That is the only difference, I think, that actually works against our established free press. I mean, yes, we have more free speech here. She was legit on her feet. She was, t- she was apparently last night, she was going to hold a virtual uh, a meeting of their privy council to have the new members of parliament sworn into their new offices. That's pretty significant. It's a very different very different approach i just think that there's like a, a an expected standard of of performance of duty and it's just it's just you know i look at i she was not woke she was a practicing christian 
she made sure that you know she was seen she was at church regularly it was a big deal like for the british people the christian uh the when they would go to their uh their church service on christmas and they she made sure the whole family was expected to be there it was their duty one of the things that i remember when we um when i went to rancho del cielo out in santa barbara and that's where reagan's ranch in the sky and i got to speak with you know a number of the staff there and it it was it's a beautiful area and there was um this long driveway that would go up you know this this winding cliff and up to get up there and i think it was because uh, he was with Secret Service, I think it was John Barletta was his, uh, he, he was his Secret Service agent. He was like one of the only ones who could apparently, if memory serves, ride the uh, his horses, you know, keep up with Reagan, who had an English style of riding. Well, the uh, Queen of England and Prince Philip visited Reagan at Rancho del Cielo. And there's a lot of discussion, I was told, by uh, the people who run Rancho del Cielo. Uh, the the YAF Foundation. It's Young America's Foundation. And the, the press were wondering how Queen of England was going to regard Ronald Reagan's Ranch in the Sky. Rancho de Cielo. It's beautiful. I'm going to include some of the photos in my newsletter to you this evening. Because it's, despite what you hear, it is very humble. Very humble. He built, he laid the stone on the porch himself. He did all the fencing. He did ranch, he did all the ranch work. They forbid him to uh, use the, the wood chipper and all that stuff. And they had, you know, one bedroom. His feet hung off the end of it. So they actually had to put up a stool so his feet could rest on it. It was very, very simple. I would say the majority of people listening. His home was more simple than the most simplest of homes you've ever seen. I'm not kidding. And a lot of people in the press were like, the Queen of England. She's got castles. How is she going to, how is this going to work? And she apparently was very down to earth. And that's one of the things Reagan had also noted of her. Oh, they made the trip there. They drove up. They made the trip. And she apparently, because she was such a great lover of outdoors, she loved it. They spent a lot of time. Her and Reagan went riding all over the mountains. She, now this, she was considered elderly by that point too. They rode together. Not a lot of people could keep up with Reagan. Only one Secret Service agent actually had the, it was actually enough of a horseman to do so. And she was an avid horsewoman. She could keep up with him just fine. And that was one of the things that Barletta spoke. I've heard him talk about this. And, and he was, I was here when I went to visit Yaf, I met him um, and I was hearing this from all these, these people. She kept up with him and it actually kind of surprised them. She's an older woman. This is when she still had the gray hair and everything already still. I mean, this was, you know, not, and they, she loved how quaint it was. She loved the, hum, the humility of it and she loved the outdoors and they had a grand time apparently. And it really kind of took uh, some of the members of the press by surprise. Because they were expecting, 
you know, she's coming from these grand palaces. And here she's going to, you know, Rancho Del Cielo, which is incredibly humble. And, um, you know, not there's no bells and whistles. And it's a tiny, I guess you could say cottage. I don't even know what you would call it. It's not even a traditional ranch house. And she fit in perfectly, they said. Perfectly. She didn't really apparently like the pomp and circumstance of it all. But she knew duty. And you got to think when, I guess, that was, that was a different generation because she was of that generation. It was just a very different time because people, no matter their station in life, during World War II, you had to do a duty. And it didn't matter if you were in England and it didn't matter if you were in the United States. Men were going to war. Women were, were helping to nurse them back to, uh, back to life after being on the front lines. Women went into the factories. That's why I always kind of bristle when I think that women's participation in war efforts is discounted by feminists if they didn't go serve in the front line because America would not have kept running without its women. My grandmother was a riveter. She left the country and moved to the city with so many other women and she literally worked in a manufacturing. She were, uh, was, uh, was a, like a welder, I think. She had to wear the mask and all that stuff. She did metalworking. She was one of those women who did that. And it's weird because my story is so not unique. There's so many people, so many of you listening out there who are like, oh my gosh, yeah, I have a feel. Yes, I have that. I have that. All of you all know. And so this, to pull back to this news, um, of Queen Elizabeth over in England dying, uh, dying at age 96. She, I think, was the last figure in uh, a position like this. I can't say elected position, but you know what I mean. Who was of that generation. So that's why it wasn't really surprising to me to see that she was literally working two days before she died. Two days before she died, she's meeting the new prime minister. This is a woman... Do you think I always wonder when people go and when when new prime ministers would go to meet her, if they ever thought that they would that they would fail to impress her because this woman met Churchill. I, you know, it's just weird to think about that. Now, I said earlier, a friend of mine raised a very good point. We are at a we're at a time when we have uh, energy instability. Not just in the United States, but particularly in Europe. It's been weaponized. It's being used to subjugate nations that otherwise, uh, I think, have, would, would resist, I think, the kind of thuggery that Putin represents. And you've, have a new prime minister now. This is one of the things I was talking about last hour. Liz Truss. She's now I whenever you talk about subsidies, I kind of because the government put people in this position. You've had liberal prime ministers prior. And I think Boris, you know, wasn't the most conservative of conservatives. They're capping energy bills for households for two years. They're suspending the green fines. Thank heavens. And this is one of the first, I think, European nations to really stick a fist in the air to this stuff businesses are going to get some support 
through a wholesale energy market. Now, this is where I still, because they said the government's going to pay energy suppliers the difference between what they charge consumers and what the price would have been. Now, I'm against it, but I was also against the things that put, you know, people in this situation in the first place, namely government, trying to enforce this green quackery on everybody. But what they're trying to do is enhance long-term energy supplies. They're removing the ban on fracking. That's huge. Issuing more licenses for oil and gas in North Sea. That's more than we're doing here in the U.S. And these policies will are applicable across Britain. She said, Trust said that she wants UK to be a net energy exporter by 2040. They are trying to move them in a posi- themselves in a position to where they can provide other European nations with energy and weaken Putin's grip. That right there strictly is a conservative move. So here you have this very, it looks like a fairly conservative for Britain, new prime minister. And my question is, how is the queen's death going to affect this? And here's why I say that. The, it's famous that the royal family, they're not supposed to talk about politics. But her son, Charles, does. And he's a big green dude. He's all into that stuff. My question or my thought is, because he is passionate about it, is that is he going to kind of overstep there? I mean, there is the potential to try to sway public opinion against measures that are completely dialing into reducing Putin's grip. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how it affects you. Because it's an ally and a weakened, all, a weakened buffer around you just means you are that much more close to perilous tyrants. So that's how I think of this. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. I really should have had this during Florida Man, but I really like that story that we had for Florida Man. This is Florida Gator. Florida interstate drivers were in for a very surprising sight on I-95 in Brevard County over Labor Day weekend. They happened upon a massive alligator involuntarily hitching a ride on the back of an SUV tied up on the back of an SUV, head to tail, rope wrapped around the whole thing. And they said that there was a yellow gator tag fastened to the tail. They said that alligator hunting is legal, but there are guidelines, according to Florida Fish and Wildlife, between August 15th and November 1st annually. So apparently somebody got themselves a big old gator. I mean, it was, they said going 70 miles an hour. They were in the fast lane too. I know. So they had, I mean, yeah, I didn't know that was the gator since the gator hunting season right now there. That's kind of interesting. Uh, also, this is a terrifying. California is plagued with mini shark bugs that will eat your feet off. What? Aggressive sea bugs that literally will eat your feet. Oh, this is so many disgusting things all in one thing. It's waterline isopod known as Exerilonalula. They're called mini sharks. They grow to about 0.3 inches long and they can form swarms. This is like something out of like a horror show. I am terrified by this. Stick with us. We got more in store coming up in moments. The Dana Show. 
this is an excerpt of how Great Britain responded after the attacks of 9-11. This was Buckingham Palace's changing of the guard on September 13th, 2001. In something that is entirely unprecedented, as the band of their Coldstream guards came up, they played the national anthem on order of the Queen of England, according to the Telegraph, who broke national precedent to give comfort to the Americans who were stuck in Britain following the 9-11 attacks. In a September 14, 2001 piece, the Telegraph reported that the palace broke with a tradition in musical tribute. There were Americans that were there. One of them, Ginny Lee of San Francisco, was quoted by the Telegraph as saying, I was very touched that this was done. Even though I'm so many miles from home, I feel that Britain is really with us on this one. That footage, albeit grainy, is available online. And it was the first time that happened. And there were people openly weeping. And this was at a time when we were still bewildered and we were angry and we were sad. And there were so many Americans that were stuck in London, stuck in Britain that day. And those in London, they were there at the changing of the guard. And that's what she had ordered to be done, to give comfort and show solidarity. That was pretty remarkable. Something else as well to also note in all of this. She was the last, and we're talking about the death of Queen Elizabeth at age 96, and although we are republic-loving Americans who uh, got rid of King George, I do think it's important to note that this is the last, I think, maybe arguably Christian head of state, openly practicing Christian, a very unwoke queen, and she was the last remaining head of state to have been a veteran of World War II. During the war, she served as the auxiliary ter- she served in the auxiliary territorial service as a driver and a mechanic. And she and her family famously refused to flee, staying in London as the city was being bombed and the Nazis were threatening them from across the channel. And she stayed there and did her duty along with her father because they felt it was important to keep up the nation's spirits during such a time of threat and instability. And I fast forward to now. We're on the cusp of an energy crisis. We're looking at this and it's self-made, which is the most depressing thing about it all. We are on the edge of an energy crisis in Europe with Russia restricting LNG through its Nord Stream 1. And Britain just had their uh, new, they just had their election. They got a brand new prime minister, Liz Truss, who in an extraordinary move, as it was announced late yesterday, she's, now they're reversing the ban on fracking. They're opening up new leases in their North Sea. She said that they want to be an energy, uh, a net energy exporter by what, 2040? Remarkable. 
it's a th- they are seeing the threat of having to rely on a geopolitical foe for your energy. And they're making moves against it. It's a very weird time. Steve had noted, and I saw this too, I, I, I don't think, I, I, I don't think God concerns himself with some of the earthly power jockeying. I think he's worried about what goes on in the kingdom. But there was, as they were apparently announcing the uh, death of, or, or her death, apparently a rainbow appeared over Buckingham Palace, and it was all on camera, all these different angles, there's video, all this stuff. But it's very, it's, it's going to be a very interesting transition to watch as we go into very murky times. Nobody, I mean, what's her son going to be like? He's, a lot of people wanted to skip over him and go to her grandson. And I look at this through the context of how does this affect us? This is our ally. You always want your ally to be in good. You want your ally to be strong. You want them to be solid. You don't want them to be unstable. You want them to be united behind things that strengthen them. And I think that's the way I'm looking at this. I look at the move that Liz Truss made with the fracking and I'm wondering, well, how would a King Charles, who is such a green, he's all into the green. The energy, the, or the ESG, the environmental goofy standards that's, that saw farmers in the Netherlands rioting. It's seen government take over farmlands because they don't like you, the way that some of these farmers are, uh, are dealing with their uh, crops. They don't think it's green enough. I mean, we are, we're ruining, we're, we're ruining uh, you know, national economies for this. And I'm just wondering, how would he react? How is that? They don't speak on politics, but that doesn't mean that they can't try to sway public opinion. Very interesting time. But yeah, that story, right after 9-11, breaking a 600-year-old royal tradition and playing the Star-Spangled Banner at Buckingham Palace during the changing of the guard to give comfort to Americans stranded in Britain after the terrorist attacks. That was class. And I got to say, too, uh, I mentioned this earlier, but she had met, uh, yeah, and, she, and without the presence of a visiting head of state, as Kane noted, which is super significant. This was, I want to make sure I get this date. This, on September 6th, she received the new prime minister, Liz Truss, at Balmoral. Truss made her way up to Scotland, where Balmoral is located, historic castle. And she made her way up, and Her Majesty asked her to form her new administration. According to the royal family's tweet, they said Her Majesty asked her to form a new administration. Ms. Truss accepted Her Majesty's offer, blah, blah, blah. And I think that they were doing this. They had to do their uh, uh, swearing in their new offices. But what struck me, this is on September 6th. I mean, I'm not into all of what the, how they're doing their stuff. It's today's September 8th. She died today. She was doing her work two days before she died still. I don't mean to be crass, but I'm sorry. Compare this with what the president does. And not just, I mean, I'm not, not every president is like that, but just we can't, yeah, we can't get Biden out of his basement in Delaware. This woman was there meeting new prime ministers and all that. She's, I mean... Couldn't even stand without her cane. That's pretty significant, right? Like I said, there's this difference in duty, an approach to duty. To be a, a layabout is considered abhorrent. But she's from that World War II generation. So is that, 
is that factor in here, I guess? I don't know anybody from that generation that would have uh, have accepted the way the Biden acts or some of the stuff that he does. I just don't know. I just don't know anybody who would have. But the way that I look at it, like I said, I know it's weird for Americans to watch this across the pond because we're like, we left. <laughs> we left. But yet it still affects us all in the sa- all the same. And the reason being is because they are our ally, one of our, our longest one of our closest allies one of our allies that we've had the longest and we have stood together in in many many a conflict and we're getting ready to embark on this very new age and it is very very it's just a very weird time so it's like i said it's weird you know for this For Americans to watch this but it does affect us nonetheless we have a different culture I think you know when they had during World War II when when uh, London was was being raised we here in the United States we kind of you know with after 9-11 I think we got a bit of a little taste of what that was kind of like and there was at one point we were very, even Democrats were very solidly behind, even if later we criticized his policies and all that stuff. I think the most similar thing, the thing that I, the only thing around that I can find to compare, I think maybe what they are feeling, what I can compare it to is that moment that George W. Bush got on that rubble and they were the, the guys there, the first responders that had been spent all day digging through a crumbled building and the they had those dogs, the, the dogs that were looking for survivors, and the dogs were actually getting discouraged because they weren't finding survivors. This is a real story. They had to, they had to have people fake acting that bury themselves under some of the rocks so the dogs could find them and, have, and be encouraged. So it was real bleak, and the country was just in a weird spot, and you had George W. Bush get on the rubble and say, you know, I hear you, and pretty soon the people who knock these towers down are going to hear you too, are going to hear all of us. And it was a very fleeting, brief moment in American history where I think every single person, no matter their political affiliation, I think was on the same page as saying yes. Like that was the moment that we kind of looked up a little bit. Not in a way where we were, we don't have any kind of monarch, we don't have a dynasty, we don't have ruling families, but it's just very hard for Americans who've never been raised in that culture to, 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 empath, to not empathize, but understand how significant that is just a day-to-day life. But it's still the last I enjoyed seeing the pictures of her uh, walk to church. That was a big thing. She made sure everybody walked to church. You were there. You were, she was at church daily. Her family would sometimes and she was, I guess, staying up out of the country. They'd go up and go to church with her. But and she had a good relationship with Reagan. Very interesting. Very interesting time. We're living in interesting times in history, are we not? Every now and then, I think we got to just, you know, pause all the political haranguing and all of that and just kind of take inventory of the times in which you live in. And it's not just by chance that you're in these times. You're in these times for a reason. We all are. So uh, I'm not even going to get into all the leftist stuff. It's all crazy. It's a, I have some wokery for you, too. I'm just trying to figure, do we want wokery? Do we want to end it on a... I hate wokery. Do we want to end it on a more lighthearted note what a weird day although i don't think it's i mean you she lived a full life right it's when people live a full life and 
You know, you got rainbows appearing over the palace for crying out loud. Seems like God's like, yeah, this is good. You know what I mean? Like, it's all good. I don't know. Just saying. So I, let me, let me, oh man, let me, let me find something. Let's do this. I want to end you on a light note. Kind of. <sighs> Have you ever heard of the prairie dress? I had to Google this up. Apparently, this is a big thing back in the 80s. And I was little in the 80s. Uh, the Lara Ashley prairie dress, like a, the, uh, I don't know how to describe this. F- the fluttered sleeves. It looked like like Lara Ingalls w- would wear it, right? Okay, so anyway, they apparently Target had a bunch of them. And this has been uh, a meme for some time. And this it was like a trend in clothing for a while, like the milkmaid dress or whatever. It was like the, the floral fabric and it had puffy sleeves and it looked like a, like you were getting ready to go milk a cow on the prairie. Well, anyway, there's actually a piece because you knew somebody was going to come out and be like, hmm, this seems sexist. Oh, no. oh they did. No. Here's the headline from Hoffpole. Is the ever-popular prairie dress actually anti-feminist? I think we need to be more concerned with it just being bad fashion. Now, look, I love little goth on the prairie. That is a style that I think I totally accept. But this, I don't know how to describe, I don't even, Laura Ashley apparently designed all kinds of stuff. It looks like the flower dishes, but as a dress. Does that make sense? I don't know. But they said that, they were mad that it apparently goes back to a day where women were suppressed and it's, oh my gosh, just get over it. And please, can you just drop your ridiculousness and join us in just making fun of the bad fashion? Just make fun of how ridiculous it looks. That's all we're asking. Can you stop the anti, stop the woke, just make, just join us in making fun of this Laura Ingalls Wilder hellscape of a dress. That's all we're asking for. Can we just at least agree listen to the dana show live on the odyssey app weekdays noon to 3 p.m eastern time make sure you sign up for chapter and verse the newsletter over at substack i got a bunch of good pieces to put in there for you to send out now a quick uh not well in addition to something i said previously so the operation london bridge is the whole thing from the ceremony to like Charles becoming king, Operation Unicorn. I can't. That's this is a name. I feel like I'm a James Bond. That's from getting her from Scotland back to London. Apparently, that's a whole other thing. And man, there is like there is. I mean, it's a very practiced, very practiced. So you're gonna you're you're not gonna have any news tonight. I'm just so if anything crazy was gonna happen, it would happen tonight. It's horrible to say that, but it would. Uh, so. This, uh, I'll, I, I'm going to put also the video of our national anthem being played at that uh, changing of the guard after 9-11. I'm going to put that in your email for those of you who subscribe. Because it is, you really should see it. If you haven't seen it or if you were unaware of it, I just, you know, it's good to have those alliances. Now, some of the things that we will be touching on tomorrow. Uh, we are looking at some, I got some election stuff to get you set up with, looking at some new polling that's coming in. Democrats are getting increasingly worried about Nevada. And also that Clark County administrator, apparently he was trying to destroy evidence that Robert Tellis, oh boy, 
He was, uh, yeah, he's the Democrat who killed the reporter. Is it, well, he's charged with, come on. His DNA was found at the scene of the crime. Uh, Jeff German, who was the reporter that uh, broke these stories about uh, how he, how Robert Tellis had created a hostile work environment, was having affairs, et cetera, et cetera. After he published those stories, Tellis lost his reelection bid. And then German gets stabbed in his front yard. Interesting. And so now Tellis is charged. I'll have that, and we're going to have a bunch more for you. Any developments on that tomorrow? Today in Stupidity came. All right, this is Karine Jean-Pierre insisting that Biden's angry speech on Thursday with all the crazy lighting. How could it not be? That it was somehow, it wasn't divisive at all. It was actually unifying. Listen. When you go back to the speech, uh, his speech last Thursday, uh, you know, people have talked about uh, if it was divisive. It wasn't divisive. It, It wasn't divisive. Um, okay. It Whatever. was, though. How was it not? So stupid to try to push that narrative. Yeah. Oh, for the love. All right, folks, that does it for us today. Have a great evening, and we'll be back together tomorrow. <laughs>